to my celestial design. My name is Annie Perry and I am your host. I'm a professional psychic, a seer, an interdimensional soul on a mission. A mission to help you remember where you came from, why you chose Earth, and how to access your divine light within. On this podcast, we explore stories of spiritual awakenings, psychic channeling, cosmic consciousness, and so much more. Let's go! Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back. I am coming to you from the high desert of Washington State. I know that you thought we just had forests here, but we actually have big, beautiful high desert in the eastern part of the state. So there is some construction going on at my house closer to Seattle, the city. So I came out here to get some peace and quiet so that I could record more podcasts this week and work with clients and just get back into nature, get back into peace and into stillness. We don't realize that when we are around other people, even people that we know very well, people that we love, people who have a good energy, we're still picking up tons and tons of other people's energy. So if you wonder why you feel tired, it's probably because you're not spending enough time decompressing alone and allowing your aura to clear and cleanse itself of other people's energies. Right when I got out here, I just felt so much stillness. I felt all of this energy being pulled out of my aura from just nature around me. And I found myself just sitting here staring out the window, looking at the grass as it was blowing in the wind and feeling my body, feeling into my body and realizing, wow, I do energy work every single day probably more than most people uh, just because it's part of my job. So part of the hours that I put in are in, you know, just maintaining my own energy so I can hold a high vibration during a session. And I was like, wow, I had no idea that despite all of the work I do regularly, I was so exhausted I mean, just totally wiped out from how much energy I put into my business, all of my creations. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I'm creating something almost every single day. I'm doing community channelings. I'm working with my luminary clients. I'm working with my uh, drop-in clients, I guess I would call them, you know, people just booking a one-time session with me. And I had no idea how exhausted I was. And I got out here and I just collapsed. (laughs) I just collapsed. I went into a deep sleep. I went for a walk outside. I let, you know, nature cleanse my aura, clear everything out. And I just got into the stillness. You know, I actually notice the exhaustion the most when I'm working with moms. And we just had Mother's Day here in the U.S. And I think it's on the same day in a few other countries. We had Mother's Day and, you know, I'm always so appreciative of my mom and everything that she does. She had five kids and, you know, that's an enormous amount of energy coming from one being all the time. And I've noticed in my own work that whenever I have moms that I'm working with, 
they are exhausted. And so moms, this is your permission slip to ask for help, ask for someone to watch your children while you just do things like taking a walk, taking a bath, having a little bit of that alone time to clear out your energy because you are expelling at all times enormous amounts of energy. And that is why we love you. That is why we worship you because, you know, the mother archetype is the life giver. And none of us would be here without that mother figure, whoever that may have been, whether they're still in your life or no longer here with us or were never a part of your journey. We all come through that womb space and it's an enormous amount of energy from our caretakers to be there for us to raise us up. And if you didn't have a parent figure, it's also your permission slip to take time for yourself to clear and cleanse your energy because you are also expelling enormous amounts of energy just taking care of yourself and any self-raising and self-parenting that you may have had to do. So we love our caretakers here and everyone just needs to take more time for themselves to recharge that energetic battery so that we can show up authentically or peacefully or however we desire to. And I really want to start off this episode about quantum intuitions. We're going to be talking all about the seven-day challenge that we're right in the middle of, you know, more details on how you can begin tapping into your quantum intuition, opening your third eye, and activating your psychic gifts. But I want to start off by just kind of telling you some of the things that I've been working through myself on my own journey. I think it's really expansive for other people to hear the teacher talk about what they're working through so that you know there's someone else out there experiencing what I'm experiencing or experiencing something similar. And no matter how much we grow in the spiritual journey, we are always overcoming. We are always healing. That's the lifelong process of living and existing in the densities of consciousness. So we're right in the middle of two eclipses. We had the partial solar eclipse, which is really representative of the divine feminine rising to eclipse or equate to the divine masculine. We're a divine masculine planet. Um, Unfortunately, we kind of run on the very low vibration of masculinity as opposed to the divine vibration of masculinity. So really what these eclipses and what all of the celestial bodies do for us is they just give us a little boost in the right direction. And depending on how conscious you are, you'll feel that boost either a lot or not so much, or maybe you had a very good, strong, solid balance of masculine and feminine, and you didn't really feel it at all, which is fantastic and wonderful. But if you're like me and you're always transmuting an abundance of masculine energy, you felt it a lot. You really felt that divine feminine come up and say, hey, I want to be seen, I want to be heard, I want to be recognized, and I want you to surrender into me. The divine feminine is stillness. She is the quiet. She is the inward world, right? She's represented by the moon, which we have at night when we are resting. We're going into the dream world. We are connecting with spirit. So during that first eclipse, I was really working on a lot of sacral energy 
a lot of the mother wound, which I definitely want to have a whole episode to talk about. I love, you know, mothers and moms and my own mom, but we all have wounds from our caretakers. No matter who you are, we all have those wounds because without them, we wouldn't grow. We wouldn't learn. We wouldn't overcome anything. We wouldn't grow in consciousness. And so these beings that are all around us, friends, family, anyone you've ever come into contact with is someone who has agreed to be a catalyst in order for you to learn. And so something that I'm really incorporating into my daily practice, again, is EFT tapping. I think I talked about this on the last episode, and I went into EFT tapping, you know, just about some of those um, core mother wounds, or I'm starting to call them more like bloodline wounds, because I am seeing how they've traveled through the generations, and how, you know, things that my grandmother may have perceived or believed impacted my own mother and impacted me, and really deciding whether or not that is a core belief or something that I want to carry with me. So I tapped through a lot of that. Something else that really came up that I also want to talk about was kind of the sister wound or the female friendship wound. I've heard some people phrase it that way, and I've been feeling that a lot. And even into this week, even after I thought that I had kind of gone through and purged it out, because we're in the middle of these two eclipses, and today, May 10th, is the beginning of Mercury retrograde, which is pop quiz time. We'll talk a little bit about that. But the female friendship wound came up, and I was just feeling a lot of jealousy energy directed towards me. And whenever we feel someone jealous of us, we immediately want to make them comfortable, we want to love them, we want to kind of, you know, uh, caretake for them because we don't want to feel any guilt about why they might feel jealous. So it's a very confusing dynamic because I don't think anyone ever means or intends, at least, you know, not subconsciously, but doesn't intend for other people to feel that way towards them, right? Jealousy is just someone triggering us and showing us something that we desire and that we want. And when we don't think that we can have it, we become jealous of them. Jealousy is really the low vibration of true desire. So I really think that that, you know, mother wound and sister wound and all of those kind of reflections coming back to me were around guilt, around feeling guilty. And that settles right into the sacral center, that lower abdomen center. You feel all of your guilt kind of sink in there into, you know, that gut feeling of, oh no, I can't believe this person might be, you know, jealous or upset or that I upset them. Now I feel guilty. Now I feel like I need to put them at ease, like I need to do something to show that I am not a threat to them. And that's really not the energetic at all, right? Is you're not threatening other people. It's really deciding why you feel guilt around it. And the reason that most of us feel guilty for anything is because we're not 100% sure that we deserve something, And so guilt comes in and it acts as the retracting energy to keep us safe. 
And, you know, I think something else very interesting about, you know, jealousy and guilt and kind of how they manifest each other is that it's very much prone to women, right? I don't think that I've ever really made, you know, men jealous of something that I'm doing or something that I have. Maybe in a relationship sense, there can be some jealousy there, but not in the same way as there is between women. And I really kind of contemplated that a lot and came back to the fact that women are the numbers, you know, two, four, six, we are the multiples. And within each of those multiples, there is a pairing, there is an evenness, we are community driven, you know, we are women's circles, we thrive off of the energy that we give to each other. And because we are programmed to be community driven, when we see one thriving, what we are actually seeing in them is an element of masculine energy that maybe we don't feel completely safe to step into, completely safe to own in our own selves. It's really and truly just the alchemization of energy between the sacral, right, which would be your maiden energy, you're a young girl, you have all of your girlfriends, you know, I'm kind of thinking back to a few hundred years ago, girls would, you know, be in those, um, you know, circles and they were all together, they would be kept separate from the men until they were ready to be married. And so they really found community and safety within each other. And then they would go and be married off to their husband and become much more, you know, autonomous, but a part of a family unit and create their own community and family unit. But that alchemization is between the sacral center stepping into the solar plexus, which is a divine masculine energy. It's autonomy. It's, you know, three, which means that there, you know, if there's three people, there's one third wheel, right? We kind of get that saying from there's three of us. So it means there's a pair and then there's one odd man out, one man standing, and that is a masculine energy. And the solar plexus is very, very powerful. It's the center of all of our personal power, being seen, being heard by other people. All of that energy stems from that solar plexus. So it's just some food for thought as you kind of navigate through these two eclipses. There's a lot of feminine energy coming up, a lot of feminine wounds that want to be healed. I'll be sure to be releasing a podcast episode or two or three or four about, you know, not just the mother wound, healing bloodlines, healing generational trauma and the divine feminine, also healing uh, the sister wound or the female friendship wound as well, and what we can really do to create that sense of community with each other so that when one rises, we all feel empowered to rise. So that leads us directly into what today's episode is about, which is quantum intuition. If you haven't gone onto my website, mycelestialdesign.live, and downloaded your free Activate Your Quantum Intuition Guide, it is absolutely incredible. I highly encourage you to jump on there, download yours, start reading through it. I talk through all of the psychic gifts. And what you'll notice about the psychic gifts is that almost all of them, with the exception, clairaudience, 
almost all of them are turned on at a low level. You've been experiencing claircognizance, which is clear knowing and how I started my channeling journey. You've been experiencing claircognizance your entire life, especially when you were a young child, getting creative ideas, having, you know, conversations with yourself. Maybe you had an imaginary friend, whatever that looked like in your imaginary world, you were just accidentally tapping in constantly day in and day out to the quantum field and downloading what we perceive to be creative ideas and play, and pleasure, and joy, and, you know, running around, and screaming, and just existing in your feelings, right? And that is root chakra energy, but more importantly, it's actually sacral chakra energy. And our sacral chakra is the first of our three female chakras, which make up and when calibrated together, create a quantum level of intuition. So when I say a quantum level of intuition, I don't mean just your gut feeling or just using your third eye or just perceiving something to be a fearful or bad situation. I'm talking about the conscious calibration of all three chakras, of all three feminine chakras, the sacral, the heart, and the third eye to create a quantum level of intuition. This conscious calibration is how you tap into the field and turn on your psychic gifts in a very safe and aware way, which means not the way that I originally did it. So many of you know my story. I accidentally busted open my third eye by doing a past life regression without knowing what I was doing. And so as I began downloading this information about what in the world quantum intuition is from my spirit guides, they really showed me, hey, this is how you want to teach others to do this because I had a lot of hesitation and a lot of fear around teaching people how to use their psychic gifts because I was like, well, what if what happened to me happens to them, but they're like a mom or a a spouse and they have, you know, a job they need to show up to and they have kids relying on them and a spouse relying on them or they're in this relationship with someone else and they're up at three o'clock in the morning getting divine downloads. They have a migraine for three months straight. They're having, you know, crazy experiences, seeing auras and chakras and all of that stuff. That was my fear, right? That something negative would happen to someone that I'm teaching this to. And so there's a lot of different lessons in that. I mean, you know, trusting myself is probably the biggest one. Trusting that I am attracting people who are ready for this information, which means it's time. Also trusting that other people are on their own journey and can take care of themselves. Because if you're attracted to me, it means that you're an old soul who's done this before which means you're going to be just fine. And to really help me move through that fear around teaching people this, my guides showed me what quantum intuition is and how it's a much safer, steadier, more grounded way to begin opening up the psychic gifts, to begin opening up the third eye, to begin tapping in to the quantum field, which is incidentally the number one and biggest question that I get asked 
when I run polls on Instagram, everyone says, I want to learn how to use my psychic gifts. That's why I'm here. (laughs) That's why I'm attracted to you. And as much as I love teaching you about everything in the entire spiritual world, I know that this uh, is one of the things that I'm supposed to teach other people because my gifts are so clear And I didn't really want to own that for a long time. I didn't want to own that I was actually a really damn good psychic because, I mean, it's something I can't quantify to other people. It's something that other people have to experience through me in order for them to say, yeah, that was actually right on the money. Yeah, I have no idea how you knew that about me, how you saw that about me, how you're picking up on old wounds from my childhood or from my soul history or what's going on right now in my family or my job. Being a psychic is not, it's not quantifiable unless you have what other people are saying about you. And the more that I'm in this field, the more that I'm in this work, the more I realize my gifts are actually very clear, very, very accurate. I think that um, I can also say I use them in a very high vibrational way. I have a very grounded energy. I believe that that is why I chose to be a double earth water sign during this time so that I had extra grounding. And I think I'm kind of a stickler for my own chosen, you know, morals and values about tapping into the quantum field, not crossing, you know, those laws of the universe, the law of free will, the law of non-interference. I'm kind of a stickler for those things. You know, it's very Capricorn. We stick to the rules. We like the rules. And so once I kind of was able to see that, my guides were like, yes, mm mm-hmm, We know because we are you and we've already done what you're about to do. And so I had to come to that place in my own time, in my own way before jumping in teaching you this. And I'm teaching this totally free. You can go on my website and download the Quantum Intuition Guide completely for free. It is packed with information to get you started tapping into the quantum field. And so aside from talking about, you know, the different types of psychic gifts, I also explain in the guide exactly what the quantum field is. And it's very visual. I mean, you have to imagine it in your mind's eye. You have to use your imagination. But truly, the quantum field is an invisible field of energy that has the ability to cross time, space, dimension. It doesn't matter any, any of the constructs that we have in our mind about time, space, or dimension do not apply to the quantum field. And really what the quantum field is, is it's like a highway. It's like a highway for the logos. That's really how I see it in my mind's eye is this infinite highway that can take you anywhere you want to go instantly, faster than the speed of thought. All you need is that clear intention, that direction to tell it, this is where I'm going, and boom, you're there before the thought is even finished. And what is normally racing across the quantum field is the logos. Now, 
not a lot of people teach about the Logos unless you are a believer and reader of the Law of One. I am always and forever talking about this. I think there's a very, very, very few of you who have, um, you know, felt the desire to go and to read the Law of One channeled transcripts. So many people say the Law of One is a book. It's not a book. They are channeled transcripts. And this is really where we learned about the Logos. And the Logos means the original thought, okay? The original thought. There's a lot of different, you know, Greek interpretations of that word. But what was channeled to us is that Logos means the original thought, which was to create. And I think there's a lot of other caveats too, you know, to create. If I were to create anything, what would I create? To create from the one infinite creator, whatever you believe that that source or power is, it is definitely a creative energy. And so the logos just means the original thought, which was to create everything in our ever expanding universe and all parallel universes is created by the logos or that creative energy field. And so that energy is constantly consciously constantly and consciously moving across the quantum field. It is the quantum field, and yet it is also sentient and moving in a deliberate way. It's actually making choices. It's making decisions, and it spawns itself. So in the same way that you put two humans together and they create another human, the Logos is ever-expanding and spawning itself into what we call the sub logos. You and I are actually, in terms of the universe, the way that they translate it to English is you are a sub-logos, a sub-creation. But since the logos is ever-expanding, you are ever-expanding, which means you are also a creator. And as part of the logos, as a sub-logos, you have the ability to step out onto that highway of the quantum field and go wherever you want to go, wherever you want to go, as long as you're not crossing any of the laws of the universe, at least if you're learning from me. Now, if you go learn from Genghis Khan, who is out there somewhere working for the dark side, then I'm sure he will teach you how to cross, you know, all of those laws of free will and, you know, do all of those things, but not from me. So that's really what the quantum field is and how I teach you to navigate it, right? We navigate through thought. But since we are in these heavier third density bodies, how we calibrate to kind of rocket launch ourselves into the quantum field, into a conscious direction with a conscious thought without just kind of stepping out there and feeling lost or, you know, maybe channeling into things that we don't mean to. Really how we do that is the conscious calibration of the three feminine chakras. So we start off by activating the sacral chakra. When you activate that sacral chakra, you're going to have a lot of shit come up, okay? (laughs) Seriously, especially if you're a woman. We carry all of our shame, all of our guilt, a lot of body image things, a lot of, you know, uh, female friendship wounds like I was just talking about, a lot of the daughter wounds. If you have a mother that maybe you didn't have 
the best relationship with. You have a lot of, um, you know, daughter wounds in there because she's that maiden energy. Maybe you have a daughter. And so there's some also some wounding kind of being reflected back to you in there. So a lot comes up when we're activating that sacral chakra, but really the sacral chakra is our gut feeling, our yes or no feeling. And that serves you very, very, very well in the quantum field, especially when you're new to tapping in because your claircognizance is going to be turning up a dial, but it's not going to be super, super clear yet. So the sacral chakra actually starts to activate and turn up the dial on our clairsentience, which is clear feeling right? That gut feeling that I get when something is off. I think we've all kind of said that, especially if you are a mother, you have all of these uh, cords going out of your energy from your heart chakra and your sacral chakra. You can feel when something is up with one of your children. So that gut feeling, yes or no, that clear feeling or clairsentience starts to turn the dial up. The more that you activate that sacral chakra, Then we move up. We move up on day two into the heart chakra. The heart chakra is how we raise our vibration before we enter the quantum field, before we channel. I would even advise anyone who does meditation every day, or maybe you're going into a toxic work environment or a family gathering that might be toxic, really having that ability to tap into the heart chakra and open it up and really surround your aura with that white light, with that love energy is going to raise your vibration. It's going to keep negativity, dark entities, low vibrations away from you because they can't stand it, right? They are retracting energies, whereas love vibration is an expansive energy. I don't know why, but the heart chakra kind of reminds me of Pac-Man. Like whenever I send out this very loving energy from my heart chakra, already just talking, my heart chakra is activated. But I just imagine it kind of like the little Pac-Man going around and like eating all the little, you know, low vibrations and it just gobbles them up because it's an expansive energy, which means that it overtakes right? Whenever we meet someone who's very loving or we know someone who's very loving, I always think of like grandmas or grandpas. They're just so sweet and kind and, you know, they've really stopped giving a shit about all the other stuff and they've really allowed themselves to exist in a frequency of, I'm either going to feel really, really good until the end or I'm going to feel like shit until the end. So I may as well feel good and just be loving and give while I can and while I'm here. And, and I think of grandmas and grandpas just having that that open heart chakra, you know, and I know we don't all have grandmas and grandpas like that, but you know, that just that sweet little old lady or that sweet little old man who's just giving off that really positive energy, that that open aura that welcomes you into it, makes you instantly feel better, or maybe even makes you instantly kind of cry because you're moving some energies through your own heart chakra. And so what I teach you in the quantum activation guide is opening and activating that heart chakra and then consciously flooding your aura with that white light energy, putting that all around you and really raising up your vibration. This is something that used to take me, I don't know, a minute to three minutes to do. And now I can just do it instantly. I'm like, oh, I'm going into the quantum field and my heart chakra just lights up 
all of this white light energy around me because my intention every time I step into the quantum field, every time I channel someone's energy is for it to be very high vibrational, for me to connect with high vibrational beings, right? I don't want any imposters. I don't want anyone pretending to be your spirit guide. I want to meet those beings who reflect that unconditional love from their heart chakra right back to me. And so once we've got that sacral chakra activated and that heart chakra activated and we've got that aura protection going on, all of that beautiful white light, that is when we use that energy to catapult us up into the third eye and out into the quantum field. We literally, (laughs) we literally reach out with our mind, okay? That's a Star Wars reference. When I was first learning how to channel, for some reason, I couldn't stop thinking of Star Wars when I think it's Luke tells Rey, reach out with your mind. And she's like, I can't, I can't do it. And that's like me teaching everyone how to channel, you know, but you can do it. You just push, I guess. You just create that clear intention. And the best way to really imagine it is that you have this gold cord reaching out of your third eye, or you have this golden arrow reaching out of your third eye, and the intention is to plug into the quantum field. So how do we open our third eye? Well, you want to really concentrate on the center of your forehead. It's true, 100% where intention goes, energy flows. That is a, it should be a universal law. It's not, but it's a true saying. So where intention goes, energy flows. So you want to concentrate on the center of your forehead. And I think two of the easiest things you can do is to recall a very vivid dream that you had or to recall a very clear deja vu moment that you had. Deja vu which actually happens to more people when they're a kid or a young teen. Deja vu is just you accidentally tapped into this moment with your third eye, didn't realize it, and now you're actually here experiencing it again. I used to have deja vu all the time as a kid. And the more that I kind of grew up and had all of my wounding and my own trauma and my ego built up all of its walls... I didn't have it anymore. It didn't come as clearly anymore. So really thinking about a time when you experience deja vu or a vivid dream, these are times when our third eye, our awareness is down. So our third eye has the ability to open, to look out, to see, to tap in, which is its desire is to tap in, to reach out, to ask questions so that you can receive answers so that you can go back to your true nature, which is pure telepathy communicating through thought because you don't have anything to hide, right? When we're in between lifetimes, we don't have anything to hide. We don't hide from other beings. We love all of the beings that are around us. All the beings are very high vibrational. They have, you know, good intentions, I guess you could say, and, or I guess I would say pure intentions, but we don't have anything to hide. And so our true nature, our soul understands telepathy is my true nature. Communicating with thought is my true nature. I know there are beings out there that I desire to communicate with. And that desire needs clarity, right? It needs clear focus. It needs a clear thought or a clear intention. 
So once we have these three chakras open and activated, what we do to our to experience our first practice, which is going to be channeling a future version of your current self, right? So a future version of your avatar, which would be you in, I don't know, one, three, five years, 10 years, and there are a multitude of them. Because in the quantum field, all possibilities exist. Everything exists out there, which means you can tap into future versions of yourself, but maybe you grow so much in consciousness that your direction changes more and more authentic, more and more high vibrational, much more aligned with your soul missions, and you start to move the needle and narrow in on a very specific high vibrational, optimal version, future version of your current self. And I like this exercise as the first one to start with, because when we tap into a future version of ourself, we're playing with our own timelines, which means we're not really out there swimming in the big open quantum field. We're kind of playing in our own sandbox, getting comfortable with it, getting comfortable with a supernatural experience, getting comfortable with something very magical happening to you. As opposed to just, you know, accidentally showing up in the Andromeda galaxy and talking to a being who looks nothing like you, right? That might be a little startling. So I really like this future self meditation or, you know, quantum activation, quantum intention. So what you do is you calibrate those three chakras and you reach out with that third eye with a clear intention of communicating with a future version of yourself. And what's going to happen is you're going to reach out and this version of you is going to be one of three main timelines that you're on. So at all times, you're oscillating between three timelines, at least, maybe more, but for most people, it's about one to three. And you get more options the more conscious that you are, right? So when we think of someone who's very plugged into the matrix, they have that set plan for their life, they're hitting each goal and milestone at each age that they turn, they're on a set timeline and they likely don't really want to leave that timeline. But you and I, being the adventurers that we are, going out there into the quantum field, we've got more of these timelines that are coming available and coming closer and closer to the one that we're on. So you're always oscillating between about three of these timelines, and your intention is going to really match which future self you're going to tap into. So if you're thinking, you know, my greatest desire right now is to have kids. You're going to tap into a future version of yourself that has kids. If your greatest intention or your greatest desire coming up from that sacral chakra, right, that desire, if that is to, I don't know, become a billionaire, then you're going to tap into that future self version of yourself that's a billionaire, and please call me and be my friend <laughs> if you if you do tap into that one. I'll get you to invest in my celestial design. Okay, but seriously. And so the first time that I ever tapped into a future version of myself, it was a future self 
who lived in Connecticut, which is where I was living at the time, and lived a very um, homestead life. You know, had a 3D business because I've always wanted to have my own business, but it was 3D, not spiritual, um, and had children and a spouse and a nice house and a nice car. And it was very driven. That whole dream life was very driven from my root chakra of I want to survive. I want to survive in a nice way and I want to do, you know, a little bit better than how I was raised, but I'm really operating in this 3D reality, right? I can only do better than what I see around me. I'm not operating from the imagination, from the quantum field, from my soul, from my soul missions. I'm just operating out of the mind and 3D reality, And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting any of those things. I would say that I want all of those things and I want them in a higher vibrational, much more soul aligned way now. And that's just, you know, maybe a year and a half ago that I tapped into that future version of self. And it was, you know, very beautiful, very magical. Um, She was, oh yeah. And I think that she was also a writer, I think that was the whole thing. She was in her own office in and had like books all around her. I'd always wanted to be a writer when I was a kid. And, you know, it was magical. And, you know, now that I'm actually thinking about that more, I think she showed me that the answer to stepping into that life was trusting myself, which is ironic because that's my great revelation of this lifetime, trusting myself. I'm pretty sure that's what she told me. I'd have to look in an old journal. But I would encourage you as you go into this practice to have a few different questions that you want to ask this future version of yourself and to be very aware of what your desires are. I would even say maybe sit down and journal beforehand. Okay, these are my top three desires. You know, be honest with yourself. These are my top three desires. And this is really the questions that I have for the version of myself that has these things so that you don't forget to ask. Because when you're in that moment of talking to a future version of yourself, you can get very caught up, very caught up in what they look like, how they feel, what's around them. And I would say that another reason why I also like this future self practice is because you can visualize yourself, which means you can turn on your clairvoyancy, your clear seeing much easier if you're anticipating just seeing a version of yourself. Whereas we tend to have a lot of fear around seeing other entities Even someone as loving, as beautiful as an angelic being or a spirit guide, there tends to be some fear about seeing someone else out there and we will retract our clairvoyancy. It's not quite the same when you're playing in your own energetic sandbox, looking at your own timelines. You can pretty much anticipate even just consciously, you know, right now, what a future version of yourself would look like. So it's good for practicing that clairvoyancy. And then we move into the second one, which is your spirit guides. You know, that's one of my main missions is connecting people to their spirit guides. Your spirit guide is you and also a future version of you, but in a different incarnation, very much in what we perceive to be our future, right? A future deeper density of consciousness. So connecting with them is life-changing because they can give you guidance that's going to impact your entire 
oversoul, which is all cumulative incarnations of yourself from beginning to end of time forever and ever, which is infinity. <laughs> you can tell I really, really all about that oversoul. So, you know, connecting with those spirit guides will give you the wisdom and all of the tools that you need now so that you always have someone guiding you. You always have a mentor and it's the same practice. We calibrate from our desires in that sacral center. What do I desire to ask them? What do I, what am I desiring in my life right now? What kind of change? What kind of pivot? What kind of exploration or answers or peace or frequency am I desiring? It tends to be one of those that people come see me for. There's something in their life that they are desiring and they know inherently, intuitively, that it is supernatural, that it is spirit, that it is the soul part of them because they've run around trying all of the mind and body exercises. They've already tried the, you know, career and climbing the ladder and attaining all of the physical 3D things. And when that isn't enough, we start to listen to our intuition again and spirit says, this is a matter for the soul. Something that you're missing is allowing soul to lead you, allowing soul to manifest your missions into this reality. So we connect with our spirit guides. What do I, what do I desire from them? What would I ask a wiser, deeper, conscious being that is also myself? We calibrate from that sacral center. We open up that heart chakra. We flood ourselves with white light. We need to be in a higher vibration to talk to our spirit guides because remember, even though you can talk to them in any vibration you want, whether or not their message gets back to you depends on your own vibration. I personally have been in very low vibrations, not able to hear their messages that they're sending me because they are from such a high vibration, especially an angelic being. You know, they're resonating at complete peace frequency. So we want to open up that heart chakra, raise our vibration up into love frequency, and then we want to reach out with our mind, reach out with that third eye. And then we have to trust. You have to trust. Because you might see something, you might see nothing, you might hear something, you might hear nothing, but I promise you're going to feel. I promise your clairsentience is going to come on. You're going to feel chills. You're going to feel meridian lines activating. You're going to feel a little, you know, twitch in your hand and your right side. If there's energy moving, maybe they're trying to move energy out so that they can get a better reception for you. But remember and go easy on yourself. You're reaching across time, space, and dimension. Your spirit guide could be a, you know, 11th dimension Pleiadian being out in, you know, who knows where total future version of yourself. Different body, different planet, potentially completely different dimensionality. I don't talk about dimension a lot, but completely different dimension. And you better believe they're going to be in a deeper density of consciousness. So you're reaching across quite a large amount of time-space dimension, which in the quantum field is nothing. It's faster than the speed of thought. But go easy on yourself. You're doing something big here. Allow yourself to build up that trust muscle. And this is where I find if you're not getting messages back very clearly, 
to start going with the questions that have a yes or no answer and listening to your sacral with a yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Usually those answers will start to come through a little bit easier. You can even ask to say, you know what? I'm not hearing anything. I'm not, um, I'm not hearing any messages in my mind. I don't have that clear cognizance yet. I'm not seeing anything visually. Can you give me a sensation on the right side of my body if it's a yes or the left side of my body if it's a no? You can ask for that. That's clairsentience. Another thing that you can ask for is saying, hey, I'm having some fear right now. Can you help me with this? I'm a little afraid. I, I've never seen you before. I don't know exactly who you are. We've never formally met. I'm having some fear right now. Can you help me with that? Or can you show me where that might be coming from? You start to get a memory downloading, you know, a time when you were unsafe as a kid, taught that strangers were dangerous, which they are in the 3D reality. But really working through that fear, fear is almost always what's standing between someone and the quantum fields. Fear is almost always what's blocking someone who is highly intuitive from opening their third eye. I worked through a ton of fear when I was going through my galactic awakening. I mean, it was scary. I've watched a lot of alien movies in my lifetime, and none of them were nice about beings who look different than you. But just ask. Just say, hey, I have some fear. Can you help me work through this? Can you send an extra, you know, just boost of love energy into my heart chakra? Can you show me that you're safe by activating my heart chakra? Ask those things. Don't be afraid. Remember, they are you and they desire to have this relationship with you. And trust me, the reason that you're here right now, the reason that you're listening to this episode, that you're drawn to me, that you're working with quantum intuition is because your spirit guides have been breadcrumbing you, not to me, not to Annie Perry, to them, to you, back to yourself, breadcrumbing you there all the way just like mine did for me. And then the last practice that we have is regressing a past life. Now, this one is tricky because this one takes trust. It takes overcoming a lot of fear. It also requires you to face things that have happened to you. What I've learned about regressing past lives is that we tend to open up the ones where we have unresolved trauma, where we have things that have been following our soul, creating that echo across time and space for us to go back and heal. And almost always, this is a lifetime where that trauma that happened is blocking us from a desire that we have in this lifetime or keeping us from our aligned soul mission that we're trying to accomplish, trying to complete. And oftentimes, one of the missions that you created before you came here was to resolve soul trauma. Now, I recommend that when you start this exercise, that you ask to see a lifetime. So who you're talking to is your soul. Your soul is keeping record of all previous incarnations, has the ability to download all of them from the quantum field. But you're asking your soul 
to take you to a lifetime where something very positive happened to you, something very good, a lifetime that was just, you know, phenomenal, amazing, full of love, full of light, full of laughter, great experiences, you know, not hopefully not too much of being a milkmaid. I don't know, maybe you were, won't. That that's my joke about past lives is that I spent the Renaissance years being a milkmaid. But it's extremely revealing about yourself and about what you've been through and about who you truly are as a soul to start accessing some of these past lives. So it's the exact same calibration technique. We open up the sacral chakra. We have that clear intention of what we're desiring to experience, what we're desiring to see in this past life. We open up that heart chakra. We want to raise up our vibration because we're looking for a very high vibrational, very loving past life. We open up that third eye, and again, we're playing in our own sandbox, so it's very safe here. But we're asking our soul to show me a past life I lived that was very positive, that was very loving, and allowing that to unfold in your mind's eye. Now, if you do this the first time and you don't see anything, it's because your body is too tense, right? Your body's not relaxed enough, so you need to relax a little bit more. Maybe try it while you're in the bathtub. Maybe get some Epsom salts. Um, it really doesn't require a very high vibration to access any of these. It doesn't really require any psychic gifts. Many people regress past lives without activating psychic gifts, I think that, you know, kind of what happened to me was uh, maybe something my soul planned. So it doesn't really require any of that. I think that you will inherently turn on that clairvoyancy, but it does require you to relax because you need this visual to unfold in your mind's eye. So give it a few goes, give it a few tries. And when you do see one past life that maybe is very positive, I mean, who knows? Maybe you were like a Hollywood celebrity or something cool like that. You know, allow it. Allow it to be. Your ego might try to retract. Your ego might try to fight it. I don't know. <laughs> I keep thinking about the milkmaid. I don't, I wasn't a milkmaid, but it's just my joke that I, that I was a milkmaid um, because so many people have these interesting past lives in like the Renaissance age you know, the Enlightenment era. And every time I go back to that time period, I just get nothing. <laughs> I don't know. I think I was resting during that time. But allow it. Allow whatever it is to just be. And my guess for you is that a time period that you have loved or been obsessed with your whole life is probably a time period where you had a very positive past life. You know, there may have been a lot of love there. There may have been, you know, some soul wounds. There may have been some tragedy, but it is usually a time period that you really, really love and that you experienced maybe many times. For me growing up, I was obsessed with ancient Egypt. I mean, I just had like all these books and I was like eight years old and I was like, I'm going to be an Egyptologist and go live in Egypt and like hunt around in these tombs. And once I regressed and healed my past life there, my whole obsession with Egypt kind of just dissipated. You know, I still have a love for it and everything, but it was just something that I really, really needed to heal during this lifetime. And it was a really beautiful past life. I would change nothing about it. And for what it's worth, that's usually how we all feel about all of our past lives. Like once you get to the other side, the etheric realm, 
You're like, oh, everything went according to plan. And it was like this like total disaster life while you were in it and everything, you know, kind of went to hell or whatever. And then you get to the other side and you're like, wow, that went exactly how I planned it. Like everything happened just how we thought it would, you know, and you're all feeling loving and light again and you're not worried about the bills or the kids or the dog or anything like that. You're just like, oh, everything was so great. I learned a lot about myself um, so it's a funny juxtaposition to really to really tap into people, the the past life and then them in between lives when they think everything just went so great. But trust yourself. And then, you know, once you regress a couple of those really positive past lives, allow yourself to be shown some that are blocking you in this life. And that's very easy. You just ask, hey, show me a lifetime that's blocking us from right now, from this thing that we want. Show us what needs to be healed. This is soul level healing. It's so cool. It's the same way that you heal right now with the wounds that have happened to you in this lifetime, which means we release the energy. We address it. We allow it to be. We have acceptance of it. And then we use love frequency and forgiveness to heal the wound. I am so excited for you all to try this out, but more importantly to like definitely let me know how these go for you. Seriously, especially if you're out there trying them. I've got a lot of you in my DMs right now on Instagram letting me know how they're going. You can DM me there. You can also, you know, leave comments on the reels that I've been posting going through each of the steps. Check those out. It's just very quick and a daily reminder that this is where we're at with the practice. And of course, if you're listening to this later, you can go back and watch those. You can uh, slide into my DMs and let me know that you tried out some of the activation techniques. You downloaded your own guide. You're ready to go. I love that because everyone is psychic and you are 100% psychic and have an incredible gift to start using not just for yourself, but for the people around you. So again, you can get your free Activate Your Quantum Intuition Guide from My Celestial Design dot live and start tapping into the quantum field. Start calibrating those chakras and opening them up, activating your psychic gifts. If you enjoyed this episode or any of my episodes, definitely share it with a friend. Send it to someone. You never know whose life you could change. Absolutely leave a review on Apple Podcasts or give it five stars, hopefully, on Spotify. Follow it so that you get alerts each time a new one drops. And you can follow me on Instagram at my celestial design. I'm all on there every single day doing all kinds of stuff. And it's a lot of fun. I love all of you. I appreciate all of you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for doing this work. And I will see all of you on the next one. Bye.